0: Welcome to episode 142 of the Gail and Trombley Show. My guest today is Dean Schneller. Um, should I call you Dean C. Schneller? No. Uh, Dean, Dean Schneller's Schnell, good? Yeah. Okay. so <laughs> Dean, Dean Schneller, he is a local attorney here in uh, the North Country in Clinton County, New York. Um, and Dean, you do a lot of stuff here. So I, I just said before, I got a, like a really long bio and I didn't read any of it. It's from my website. So okay. So it's, it's good. Did you type it up yourself? I did. Yes. So give us kind of a background on who you are, uh, how'd you gotten into law? How long have you been practicing law? Since 2008, right? Yep. Okay, there we go. So just kind of give us some of your background on who you are, where you came from, how you got to be 2021, Dean Schneller. Good question. Good to see you. you take your time. <laughs> you can you, you dive
1: right into it. Yep. Cool. So uh, let's see. I've been practicing probably 13, 14 years now. Originally from the Mid-Hudson Valley, uh, Kingston, Woodstock area. Uh, went to undergrad SUNY Binghamton. Um, Knew I wanted to go into law, so I kind of did a fast track. Was young in law school. I think I started when I was 21 or so. Um, Graduated in 07 from SUNY Buffalo. Got a clerkship in Vermont for a year, but I wanted to practice. I took the Vermont bar, but I also uh, took the New York bar. Wanted to practice in New York, just more. I didn't know where my career was going to go, but New York was New York. You know, it's kind of the place to be for... uh, more prominent kind of uh, legal arena. Um, <clears throat> and then came to Plattsburgh, practiced with O'Connell and Aronowitz, a law firm that was here, like an Albany satellite office, about six years. And then in 2014, went out on my own. And the rest is uh, kind of more <laughs> long-winded. <laughs> well, I don't want to go through all that. So
0: what got you interested in law? Uh
1: I was a good writer in high school, but I and I like science, so I was really into environmental law. Not, I wasn't into environmental law. I had a teacher that, who um, was a, a coach actually, and he was asking me what are my interests were. Not necessarily a mentor, but just a kind of an interested teacher. And I said, well, I like writing. You know, I'm good at writing. I like social studies and I like science. He goes, well, you should go into environmental law. It's perfect for you. So it's actually, I, I ended up. You know, it's still part of my practice. You know, in college, you're naive, you're going to save the world, but, you know, quickly realized you need to have a career, you need to kind of be more uh, kind of a broader application. But it was very helpful at the time because I was really super focused in college through law school with that kind of concentration. And it, it gave me just a kind of a, a real focus that led me to, um, you know, get through that process quickly. So you I'm wanted, here. you wanted to,
0: like going into college, you already knew you wanted to do law?
1: yeah yeah it was like a ppl program at binghamton uh philosophy politics and law so it was designed for people there's no such thing as a pre-law program but it was that concept for people that wanted to get kind of generic bachelor arts degree and then could jump into law school and that's what i did kind of quick transition
0: so when you came, I actually at- went
1: to yeah i was at sorry i was at binghamton for three years because i i ended up uh i left high school with kind of enough credits for one year so it was kind of a faster track
0: um, so when you say you were long for, young for an attorney, how, how young do does it does our attorneys typically, so when um, they to law I just
1: was young in law school and I don't have any regrets, but I was still, you know, we all went to college and it was like a more party mentality at first year mm-hmm. in college. And then all of a sudden you transition to law school and everyone's now an adult, some people have kids and there was slightly older, more mature people. And I, you know, I, I was intelligent enough to keep up with them, but I still had the, you know, let's go party on Friday night kind yeah. of attitude. So, um, you know, you, the, everyone else was 24, 25. I was, you know, a
0: couple of years younger than him, but quickly uh, caught up. So what, when you came out of college, what was your focus at that point? Cause you said you went, you went over to Vermont for, was that so prior was, to graduating?
1: No. So it was right from Binghamton to Buffalo. So college to law school. And mm-hmm. then I was fortunate enough to get a clerkship opportunity. So out of, uh, from law school, you, you know, the path from, um, some of the other the other people I went to school with would either go into some kind of corporate model, the big law, as they call it, you know, the, the New York City firms, Washington, D.C. firms or Buffalo firms, Western New York. Um, I went into a clerkship, which was a one year program where you serve as like the researcher or writer for the judge, the confidential law clerk. And the judge, uh, it, was a, it was a court in Vermont. It's called the Vermont Environmental Court, which mm-hmm. kind of brought environmental, that's that's frankly where I got the position because I had the concentration in environmental law. Um, and you would be the the researcher slash writer for the judge. The judge would hear the trial or hear the motion and you would do the, the kind of the backroom work for them, provide a draft. There's two judges I worked for. Um, you'd provide a draft for them, talk about the case. They would tell you how to, you know, what their eventual decision was and then you had to support it with, um doing the legal work for them, and if they liked it, they would sign off on it so that was a one year gig for the state and then once I got done with that, it was a kind of a set term it's like a good you know not a,
0: it's a well respected kind of path out of law school into whatever you want to do next so how does how does law work and I think this probably parallels <laughs> a lot of business it like when you say like the head the head person signed off and you did all the legal work is it yeah. so you pretty much do all the you know in the books writing stuff dra- drafting the the whatever you need that the paperwork or, it, and then they, they kind of oversee it. Like you would.
1: That, yeah. That, that was a clerkship. So that was a, a really specific, unique kind of job. Um, but I just chuckle when you say, how does the law work? When you go to law school, it's, there's no practical training to how to be a lawyer. There okay. was a class or two, mm-hmm. like here's, you know, here's how you write. And here's what, you know, there may be a retired judge or a, or a, you know, an active judge or, a, an active attorney who is a teacher, and they'll give you some some um, insight. But when you're in law school, it's more. This is the law, and you learn how to read case law, and, and but you don't actually learn how to practice law, and there's a big difference there. That is more on the ground training. Once you're actually in private practice, standing in front of or sitting in front of a client, or standing in front of a judge, then it's trial by fire, you know, no pun. And you just gotta figure that out. And it's actually really, law school is much more academic. Whereas the practice of law is much more interpersonal because mm-hmm. you're dealing with people's problems and they're coming to you in a, you know, in some kind of crisis, vulnerable state. Sometimes it's real estate, so it's more positive, mm-hmm. but it's always, there's a lot on the line. And I don't, it's not a pitch, but when I have a consultation with a client, I say, hey, you're in it's distressful situation. Part of the reason you're going to potentially hire me is you're going to put that stress on me. I can deal with that. You need to worry about what you need to worry about. I'll come to you with options. You can make decisions. And then we'll go from there. And that's, it's a wicked stressful kind of environment because they're taking on so much for these people. And it's so, um, they have so much riding on it. It's their lives. But you kind of, it's hard to separate that sometimes.
0: So where did you learn like on the ground training? Like mostly, was it that that, was- yeah, Vermont? So that,
1: no, no. That So that was more kind of a continuation of the academic concept because Mm -hmm. you're back in the back room. You're not dealing with the people you're just, you know, sitting behind a desk or behind a computer for whatever, um, you know, eight hours a day. The actual on the ground training was when I came back to New York, switched sides of the lake. I, I took the Vermont bar, you know, passed it. And I, I liked living in Vermont, you know, the culture, the kind of the mentality, the people, but I'm from New York. I wanted to be in New York. And, um, you know, it was funny when I, I didn't know where I was going to land. I, I, you know, in, in law school, I did go for those big law jobs in, in the city, and you know, I don't know, you know, who knows where life would go. But I was looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't go into a big city or that kind of job, because I'm, um, you know, I'm big into um, recreation and outdoor activities and things, and and time is is, is important. So it was um, <clears throat> a decision I made to kind of stay in the north country and so I um got the practical training when I came over to this side of the lake and got a job in Plattsburgh with O'Connell and Aronowitz and that was an associate position and then you're thrown into it and and often and running at that
0: point. I think that's when I first met you but this is years ago. I was like a yeah, little guy yeah. like barely doing any real estate. Yeah, so
1: your your dad your dad used to do closings with Bill favreau and
0: Bill was the one I used uh god I mean I use it lightly. Bill did majority of my closings, but I wasn't doing a ton of closings back then. But I think yep. Bill probably did eighty percent of my closings yep. or more. Yep. Um And then when he went to the uh, the courts, we, like I said, which is fine. I mean, there's there's other great attorneys, but it's just one where um, when I first got in, kind of through my dad, it was like, hey, use Bill, and I I really enjoyed Bill. He was a good dude. But yep. um, so the when you deal with people, because I'm kind of in the same field of that, obviously different sectors, but do you find I kind of joke with people that I feel like I have like a master's or a PhD in in psychology because when you, when you deal with people, like you get, like people come to you with a lot of stuff and that sometimes they are very, uh, transparent on certain, on certain items that I probably would never tell like my, my, you know, my realtor or my attorney, maybe you a little bit more because it's a legal proceedings, like real estate, a lot of stuff's like, it doesn't apply, but people just spew out stuff and, um, how did, how how was the transition to learning that and I, you know I find I'm constantly learning it but and I've gotten much better over the last decade but what is your when that first started happening you started people coming to you with like you said a lot of a lot of problems and then kind of where you're at now like def, maybe deflecting those or not deflecting them but absorbing them a little bit easier yeah i mean i don't know what what the question was but it's how do you what was
1: the question how do you like how do, are you is that something
0: that you're good at like and or evolved at dealing with the public uh...
1: It's hard to be objective it's been successful so far Mm -hmm. i mean the clients keep coming i don't advertise much so there's a good word of mouth going it's it's hard though you're you're in order to get an instant rapport with someone i forget where i I saw this you know as as an attorney you have to uh, maintain these continuing uh, legal education credits so you have to do a seminar you know every time a couple times a couple hours a year and actually that just your question reminded me of one point and i took it to heart, which was when you have a first consult, don't sit there with a pen in front of you, writing your paper, you know, writing on a piece of paper, trying to capture all this biographical data. You'll get all that information later, sit there, look at the person and let them talk for a minute and let, let them say their piece. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's, it's a constantly evolving situation trying to deal with people. <laughs> there's no solution. There's no, there's no answer to it, but it's just letting them be heard at first. And then talking. Um, you know, because I can, once you get into the law, it's so complex and you'll, you know, there's, there's so much detail. There's, you could talk for hours on one, you know, about easements, you know, till you're, till you're blue in the face. But people will gloss over. And I can see that with my family, you know, how, you know, tell me about an interesting case and I'll start talking about it. And I can instantly see I lose them because it's, you know, I'm getting into kind of too much detail. So it's part of it is letting that person be heard giving them the answer, but also, um, just people, you know, inter the, the, this person to person relationship is the, is the, I'll say the hardest. It's it's the best part, but also the hardest part of the job. Cause they're putting so much, again, they're, they're uh, criminal cases, civil, you know, uh, civil litigation cases where people are suing each other. Um, these major closings, you know, million dollar closings, they have so much on the line. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's stressful because you got a lot to deal with. Where you're trying to deal with the personal stuff, you're trying to deal with the business stuff. You're trying not to screw up something. You're trying to do the job right. You want them to be happy, and it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't work 100 percent of the time. But if you, I feel like if you, you know, the reason the reason I get nervous and I, I hate being nervous and going to court, the only time I feel nervous is if is if I don't feel like I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. And if I'm prepared, I'm excited about it, and it's like, yeah, let's go. I want to go, you know, say my piece, and we can we're going to go kick ass and, and win this thing or not win it necessarily, but we're going to go do a good job. If I feel nervous, I you know, say, oh shit, what did I, you know, what am I missing here? What's, there's not enough time. And you know, whatever you're trying to deal with all that.
0: Do you get stressed a lot
1: in work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my wife will say, sometimes I come home with a thousand, a thousand yard stare mm-hmm. and you know, I, it's, it's all balance. It's, you know, I, I try to recognize when that's occurring. Sometimes I can't help it. So part of it is trying not to take on too much. Um, not always successful. Sometimes, you know, you can't control the court's calendar and when the phone rings and you try to take it on, you know, you're a young guy too. You're trying to hustle, hustle, hustle mm-hmm. while also having family stuff and everything else that you're doing. So sure, I do. Um, trying to uh, mitigate that. It's, you know, athletic, you know, recreation, kind of not, I don't work out, but like doing physical stuff, I have, you know, Hobby farm at her house, doing that stuff. So it's time away, kind of rejuvenates me. But yeah,
0: I mean, is, I got more gray hairs than my older brothers too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Like just getting out. Like you're, you're big, like um, like you said, ATVs and riding around. And doing uh, no like- ATVs, but yeah. Um, oh, what do you do?
1: Like, um, well, uh, mountain bike. Uh, okay. I do a bunch of outdoor recreation kind of stuff. So we have nice property down in Clintonville. Um, but that's so, like your
0: escapism is going out and
1: yeah. Um, now with you know, it's always before kids. I did a lot more. Cooler stuff mm-hmm. now. I do a lot more. you know, not by no means. Difference to me. <laughs> but now that my son's getting older too, he can actually. He's got a mountain bike, and we can start doing the Hardy Trails in Wilmington, and is actually that, get after it a bit. So, is that
0: the best place for mountain biking uh, around here?
1: Like where? Yeah, no. There's there's some hot spots. So the Chasm Trails are good. Um, down in Keysville, uh, Hardy Trails are good if you know for a kind of a more ambitious ride. They had some, so it's all forest preserve that they, at least the Hardy trails where they've converted or allowed mountain biking, which was a new concept for New York state. So the first couple trails were more, um, not designed like a hiking trail, like you, you hiked up a mountain, there's water bars across to prevent erosion. It's kind of a straight path. You know, sometimes there's switchbacks, but it's the quickest path to the top of the mountain. And some of the initial trails at the Hardy road were not as, um, you know, they, they weren't, weren't uh, the term, you know, sounds, um, the, the term's flowy. It's like they weren't, th- there was too much, um, like speed that. that would come into it. So, so then the first trails were good. It was awesome that it was on state, you know, state land and the kind of a new area, but then they had some West coast guys come in, I guess, and develop them with this, you know, British Columbia that, you know, they have like these big, um, they call called the flow, you know, flow trails where you're not trying to get down as fast as you can, but you're trying to you, know, you work your way to the top of the mountain or you know, the, the height of land, and then you retain that, that, that potential energy as long as possible, where you're always going
0: down but you're not going down straight down. So it's kind of like skiing when you just cu- cut back and forth a lot. Uh,
1: not, yeah, it's hard to describe. Um, well, instead of bombing straight down. Kind of- bomb straight down, yeah, yeah. It kind of, you work your way down, so it's a longer run, but it's really fun because you have a lot of you don't have to work too hard for it. You got to work your own way up, but on the way down you're just, it's just all fun.
0: Now, when I, this might be a dumb question because I've never gone mountain biking, but do yeah. you do you walk the bike up? Do you ride the bike up? Do you, like, drive your bike up? You're going to embarrass yourself. You I know. I just.
1: No. Like, I'm, I'm like, if you're you, thinking. You, it's, yeah, it's it depends on trail, but sure, I'll hop off here and there because there'll be some, you know, rock gardens, they call them. So, like, a pile of rocks or something. And if I'm by myself, I'll try to be more cautious, try not to kill myself. Mm-hmm. If I'm with people that are better riders and they hit something cool, it's like, you know, that's how to do it. And you, you try to go after it. Um, so, generally, you try not to walk up. <laughs> You're trying to ride. You're trying not to get off your bike. So, really, again. you would
0: sit on the bottom. You would try to like weave your yeah, way up to yeah, the so top. Yeah, up. I
1: mean that, that. Hardy trails are cool. Like those. That that's a unique spot because it, it is similar to backcountry skiing. You know, that's my other big mm-hmm. kind of winter winter uh, recreation. But um, it, the Hardy trails are cool because it does. You start kind of at a, you know at the at the road, and you work your way up. You climb, 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 and you get to the top, and you ride down. So that's similar to to the kind of the backcountry skiing model where you climb the mountain and ski down on the what's, way down.
0: What's the grade on these? It's
1: not too high. Um, so maybe you like can ride the bike up. Cause I'm thinking yeah.
0: like, like the ever...
1: mountain it's, yeah, they, they're, they're, the trails are designed for it. You know, they're all rideable. Okay. Whether your skill, if, if you have, you know, beginners, you're going to hop off a lot. You just put a pro, on low
0: gear and just kind of pedal your way up and then. Pedal the
1: your way up. Yep. And it's actually, it's funny enough when you're the slower you go, the harder it is. Like if you have like an obstacle in front of you, you, mm-hmm you know, you learn, you got to like charge into it and you bring inertia into it and you're going to get over it. But if you try to poke your way over it, you're going to fall on your ass because you you went too slow. So it's finding that balance of the proper, you know, the appropriate amount of speed. But of course you got to like, you know, you're turning, you've already climbed, you know, a thousand feet. You've ever been, your legs are killing you. So you got to like keep, um,
0: super motivated to get after it. So when you go, how many times down would you go that, that Uh,
1: that that place? Um, yeah, you, know, you try not to repeat yourself so like the the chasm trails is like maybe 40 50 acres it's a flatter area you kind of loop around back and forth a lot whereas the hardy trails are you know three or four options that are longer rides that you know you do a couple of runs i mean i've you know with kids and whatever i only have a couple hours a week mm-hmm. you know to not hours a week hours a month to kind of do that so you're like just to smashed by out. a couple trip a couple runs <laughs> pretty much yeah uh, and actually then at our house at my house i have of couple miles of trails that I've built up to, so that's more just we, you know, weekday warrior kind of stuff. Where you'll are those pretty in. flat, or they have some? Uh, we have, you know, it's it's um. I'm, you, you haven't been to. Clinton, I know. Florida. I know the area, but it's, yeah. So it's it's neat. Um, so there's
0: still some little like mountains and. i yeah, say mountains.
1: It's more like these, pla- like so. I live around the river, and there's like these. Plat- there'll be flats, and then a hill, then a flat, like not plateaus, but like like similar like tabletop, kind of kind of tabletop kind of thing. Tabletop kind of thing. So you so the trails I have, you know, you you wind your way up down up and down up and down but then different areas have kind of different themes so you know my stuff is just um <clears throat> half an hour just try to
0: get after it to exercise after work to de-stress yeah. and kind of keep, keep your a little on. bit yep um so <clears throat> like at your your law practice like what do you guys focus on um do you like the new space nice just having like yeah. one-stop oh, yeah, shop yeah, yeah you were my or you were
1: sold that property we were yeah we were, were involved halfway that?
0: involved but um right. i haven't been to it but did you yeah. remodel the whole thing yeah
1: yeah it was um took the old so, kitchen so, yeah, the... it's the old charles Platt house eighteen o built in 1802 so it's cool history um i was looking you know i was renting this space here in bridge mm-hmm. street from uh aaron benner and um wanted to find a space you know don't didn't want to rent anymore looking at some properties downtown, you know awesome properties, but pretty, pretty pricey. And then my wife, funny enough, was driving around. And said, oh my God, look, you know, there's a Kavanaugh sign in front of this, this big white mansion or white, you know, big brick building. Not a mansion. That's, uh, that's not a mansion, <laughs> but you know, that's just probably back it. in the day it was. Yeah. yeah. She called it that. And, um, yeah, you know, I looked at it and I was like, Oh, it's not downtown, but you know, it's really cool. It's right off the highway. It's, it's right across from the Penfield park. I've seen it too. I've driven by it's, you know, it was on the market for a minute. And you know, we did an inside tour. It was set up as a two-family. It was like, all right, this could work in theory if we, you know, if we put some money into it to carve out a commercial space. And um, you know, brought an engineer in and looked at everything. It, you know, it's a historic building, so we had to go through some processes to mm-hmm. to get through that. Um, you know, city attorney. Obviously, we stay. I stayed away from that part of it. Hired and you know, hired a consultant to kind of handle that that parcel that that pro, that, that, that piece of it. Um, and then I don't. Know if you know, the whole other piece of
0: the story, you know, Tony's mom. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah. she, I mean, I went in the building before you'd redid anything. So I'm yeah. kind of aware of like how okay. it looked, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was like that. So I, you know, I wanted a commercial space and then there was, it was a two family unit. So, um, we ended up her, Tony, my wife's mom was able to, um, she was retiring and sold her house up in Champlain. Mm-hmm. We have young kids and it all kind of, it was a, it was a cool idea and it all worked out where she sold her house, moved into the part of it, we rent out the other part of it to, um, to, um, to someone, and then I have two residential units oh, and nice. then my okay. commercial space. Yep, so it's a little sometimes you know, the parking I do, I have to expand. There's further tweaks we got to make, but we you know basically made a dividing wall, kept a couple you know, a couple maybe a thousand or so, 1500 square feet for, for the commercial space, and then the rest is, is rented out. So, where the kitchen area is is that your space, or is that, uh, yeah, rental? sort of. Um, that kitchen's like a hallway now. Okay. So, uh, and then yeah, uh, did so you build
0: back into that garage?
1: No, uh, that's just left. That's for, for the residential space, uh, residential space. So gotcha. yeah, we're just kind of in the front of the building.
0: Okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, no, and
1: the, we have the basement. So it's that side
0: door and you walk into like the old living room. That's part exactly. of residential. Yeah.
1: No, 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 uh, That, that front door off the porch. Oh yeah. The side, door is the the residential. Way, yeah. the new build, the, the old, so the, 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 building itself is a big brick building. I think in the seventies or something, they added on an addition, maybe mm-hmm. a few additions. So the newer additions is residential, but the older brick part is closer to the road. closer to the road is, is the, is the law office part.
0: Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Um, uh,
1: so what do you guys
0: focus on there?
1: Um, so I hired, uh, Kim as my real estate paralegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, uh, Lynn was, is my, um, office manager slash, you know, everything else paralegal. So, um, you know, it's a super busy practice. Kim's been amazing taking on the real estate. That's, um, you know, I used to rent a space in El Sable Forks and I had mm-hmm. a paralegal down there and I had rented this space here in Plattsburgh and I found, you know, I live, you know, I live five minutes from the El Sable Forks office. It was too much. I was with my job as the city attorney. I was here too much in Plattsburgh and I didn't have time to be in that other office. So parted ways with my staff down there. Um, stopped renting that space. You know, just told you about buying the office mm-hmm. up here. Um, but then, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to hire Kim. She's been great, you know, real estate, as you know, has been gangbusters. Yeah. Um, and she's been handling you know a lot, you know, as far as just the day-to-day logistics of that. So that's, that's a big part of it. Um, as far as the practice goes, it's, you know, so I was hired a city attorney after I went out on my own in 2014 or so. So I, I left O'Connell and went out on my own. Um, I don't know if I told you that, that kind of backstory. So John Clute used to own this, or him and his partners yep. used to own this building. John Clute was the former city attorney and I was looking for space. So I was, you know, I talked to a couple other attorneys in town, you know, whoever were retiring or had some spaces on court street, you know, look, you know, nice, nice opportunities. I talked to John, he's like, Oh, I got an office in here. And by the way, I'm retiring as city attorney, so you should throw your hat in the ring. Oh, you know, it was not, it's, it was a big move. I was just. Frankly, I was going to be happy in my head. I was thinking I was just going to hustle a bit, take some criminal cases and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, here's this big opportunity. I um, didn't think I had a shot, you know, I was, how old was I, uh, you know, probably not even 30 yet. You know, mm-hmm. six years out, uh, you know, in, as an associate in a firm, it was, and that was a great experience at, at O'Connell and Aronowitz because there was such a broad range. So you know, as you know, when you put your resume together, you can focus on kind of the highlights. Um, but in any event, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't friend, I was friendly with John, but I didn't know him personally. I was just adversaries with him on a few cases where he apparently liked how I wrote and, you know, kind of whatever, like, like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> can't good endorsement him. from him. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't speak for him, but yeah, you know, he, he recommended me for, you know, to throw my hat in the ring. So I, um, and also had a space here for, for rent cause he was going to retire. So this building's awesome. You know, it was right in the lake. It's, it was it was a kind of a good mixture. I liked the kind of professional vibe where it had, you know, other other professionals, sp- other suites kind of around the office. Um, so I applied for the city job. You know, this is a couple months out from going out my own. I'd, I picked up a couple of retained cases. There were some, you know, not public defender, but uh, kind of assigned counsel kind of work that I knew was out, you know, there for the taking. So I, was, I knew I would be okay. Um, but got this opportunity, did an interview with uh, Jim Kalnan and a couple of the counselors at the time. And Jim uh he I did some presentation to him. Um while well, he was a counselor a year or two prior about a project on the Saranac River and he remembered me and mm-hmm. kind of made a joke, Oh, we need a good attorney and I was like, haha you know <laughs> here I am. And so he made a joke, but anyway, so I got an interview, had a beautiful interview, you know, talk you know, whatever. I'm sure I'm remembering but it, you more think positive. it was beautiful or they thought I, beautiful? I, I'm, I'm probably thought, okay. remembering it more positive than than they did but whatever i you know i was answering the questions charming you know doing my jokes talking about my background and at the very end of the interview they said oh great you know by the way where in the city do you live i said oh geez and i just bought my house uh probably a couple maybe a year or two you no know, i just bought my house um in clintonville and it was you know it was a like three season camp where I bought an awesome property, but the house needed a ton of work. And I just borrowed money from a bank and started fixing it up. You know, met my wife. We were, she may have been pregnant at the time. And, um, I was like, Oh, geez. You know, the air goes out of the room. I said, I, I, I not, I don't live in Plattsburgh. And the, you know, he goes, well, there's a requirement. If you're a city attorney, you have to live in, you know, you have to live in the city. So, oh, well, you know, great, you know, appreciate the opportunity, but I'm, I'm, I live in the woods. I'm not a city guy. I want to, you know, I want to live out there. You know, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I'm still interested, but you know, sorry, there's no, there's no solution here. And so I told this to John afterwards. I like, go, oh, great interview, really appreciate it, but you know, you got to be a city resident. He goes, let me, you know, let me see what we can figure out. So a couple <laughs> weeks later, uh, lo and behold, there was a local law change. They changed the uh, the city code and they allowed. Uh, city attorneys to not live in the city. <laughs> I thought you and were going to tell them that you lived here. No, like, no, ah, no. In- <laughs> no. That was my other plan. I was going to say, hey, I could rent this space. No, I wasn't going to bullshit that. Um, so, in any anyway, event, so they changed the code. It wasn't, I don't know, take, you know, uh, I don't know maybe
0: they. Is that the Schneller Schnell rule? We no, that? no, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it fine. it's fine. It was a draconian kind of section of general municipal law that didn't make sense. A smaller town, like, why should you limit it? Like, same thing for police officers and firefighters. who are supposed to live, you know, close to the community, mm-hmm. which makes sense. But attorneys, why would that matter? So they um changed it. I got hired, and you know I was a young city attorney, and people would assume I was like the the assistant to the city attorney at first. It's like, "No, this is me, here we go." and you know that was another going back to the kind of the stress of being an attorney the, the interpersonal stress um the city job great job I'm you know still here through th- uh, two two mayors later uh, It's it's by appointment by the mayor um What was saying, but the, uh, it's a great job because it's such a, you know, a varied kind of type of work that you do. It's real estate environmental stuff, civil litigation, all that. But the hardest part is you you do the job in a fishbowl. Mm -hmm. So rather than, you know, if I have a client come in, we have a confidential discussion, you know, maybe we make some presentations to the court or, or to the, you know, to our adversary, but it's really, it's a, it's a small world when you start doing municipal work, You know, you read the paper, it's, it's, everything's public. Everything you say is in front of, you know, it's being recorded, live streamed, and it's out there. So it just adds another element of, you sure as hell better do your homework first and know what you're talking about. And actually funny enough, John, I don't want to talk out of school, but I, you know, he was a great mentor after I got hired and he was on his way out. I would come to him with, you know, questions that came up. A lot of his, his projects were, you know, continuations of other projects he'd been doing. And, you know, I, you know, take the reins at that point and I'm handling it. But I go, Johnny, you know, hey, I got this question, came up at a meeting, you know, I don't know what the answer. He goes, well, you give him an answer. I like, well, what do you mean? Like, you don't, you want to research it and get it right? He goes, you, you know, trust yourself. You'll, you know, but you're the attorney, you give him. An, you got to give an answer. Mm-hmm. So that I took that to heart too, that you can't just say, I'll get back to you and, and I'll, I'll research it. You don't have that luxury. You gotta, you gotta kind of, kind of figure it out and, and go around with it. So sure. I screw up here and there, but. So, so, far, so good. Are,
0: are you okay? Cause I've seen some of the live streams, like I yeah. mean, I'm probably one of two people watching yeah, yeah. it, but um, it's every once in a while I'll see it pop up and I'll, I'll just kind of watch it for five minutes. But um, are you at every council meeting uh, here and there? I'll have a, you know, scheduling conflict or
1: family issue or something, but yeah, um, 95% of them. There, um, and with, and yeah, there's with our new structure, we have committee meetings as well on Mondays uh, for most of the weeks. So there's a Monday meeting and a Thursday meeting. For the council, for the common council, do
0: you have to do anything with
1: planning or zoning or anything like that? Uh, so under the charter, the you know the, the bylaws for the city, it says um, I'm the sole city attorney. I could hire an assist, or there could be an assistant city attorney, which we don't have. So because of that, I I on um, I basically on call for the planning board and the zoning board. Um, I deal closely with the professional staff, you know, the building inspector for the ZBA mm-hmm. or the city planner, former city planner for the uh, planning board, and we'll we'll deal with stuff throughout the week. Hopefully I can answer any questions. And that's how I prefer to do things, you know. They just of, come to you throughout the week. They'll come to you. Here's a technical question. Here's an issue. We'll, we'll deal with it. Give them the answer. And that's that. But once in a while, we'll have a big project. You know, we had the DRI projects. Mm-hmm. Those required, you No, know, those were really intense kind of meetings. And those meetings I did I did have to go to. Uh, so, so And that's killer, you know, family-wise, obviously, having night meetings. It's, it's rough.
0: Well, so I was just wondering because are all in the yeah. evening and with, it's, with young it's kids. Rough. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. But so as of right now, like, what's the... Is the city? Do you think the city takes up most of the time that you have, or do you you still do a lot of private practice? Um, Yeah. So, so again, under under my
1: job description, I can have a private practice, which I do. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I limit myself. I can't take a criminal case that involves uh, any city police officers, obviously, because I represent them civilly. I don't. I'm not a prosecutor, but I represent these guys. um, Excuse me. I represent these guys or, you know, the, the entire department. Um, so I can't, I could never be in an adversarial position with them. Um, <clears throat> so I do have a private practice. Um, there are some limitations, what I can and can't do within the city. Uh, but it's, 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 the city's a really good job. So, you know, it's got benefits and, and everything else that goes along with it. So I'm fortunate enough that I can take, I want say take the cream. I'm still trying to hustle, but I can kind of, I don't have to take everything that comes in the door. Mm-hmm. I can take what I think I can handle. Obviously, under the ethical rules, I can't take on too much, but I can, um, I can still take on other cases. So that brings in the real estate practice. You know, with a great staff, they can handle, you know, real estate. As you know, is a lot of paperwork yeah. that goes into it. Pre work that's. But then there's also legal issues that come up, and every time you know, a realtor says, "Hey, we have a we have a good uh, clean closing here." I always. Curse them. So yeah, not no, not going what, yeah, right. We'll see about that because everything's an issue and everyone's, you know, everyone's got the internet and creates all these problems, but, you know, we get them done. And then, so then that's, you know, so as far as the percentage of breakdown, let's say 50%, 60% of my practice is city. Um, I have the health department I represent They're <clears throat> with Ryan Davies as the uh, environmental, the kind of environmental related issues, which mm-hmm. goes back to kind of how I you know full circle with with kind of my, my my interest in college um i represent town of saranac town of blackbrook uh, which are you know pretty quiet municipalities but projects will come up with, with those boards um and then tdc i got hired a uh, few months after i got hired as the city attorney um they've been great attorney for tdc yeah, yeah. The yeah in-house counsel yep yeah. so they're they're amazing because they're you know professional staff everyone's they're they do good things they they build big projects there's always you know another added stress is there's always three extra zeros on everything that they do, which is yeah you know there's a million dollar deals, but they're um you know that that's actually a really one of my you know a great great set of clients because they're they're doing good projects and they they have so much support so that's that's awesome so those are all my kind of institutional clients um and then just as stuff comes in I'll take. I'm on a, a federal, uh, it's called Fre- uh, Criminal Justice Act panel. So it's like a conflict defender for federal cases. We have a federal court here in Plattsburgh mm-hmm. and obviously the border. So we'll get that The one on Jerky Street. Yep, yep. yep. So we'll get a lot of drug cases or immigration cases. And um, you know, I, I did. I, I got on that panel when I was at ONA, you know, back when I was an associate. And I stayed on that panel. It's, it's good work. Um, you know, they have they have a good federal rate where they, you know, where they pay you. And it's uh, the cases are you know they're big, interesting cases. They're you know, big drug distribution kind of kind of cases, or just a run-of-the-mill immigration case, which is always the um, you know the people are salt of the earth. I mean they they're they're hard to defend because the standard is did are you in the United States? Do you have papers to be here? And the answer is generally no, so you don't have much of a, a defense. But in my experience, these. Um, these people are trying for opportunity. You don't really see terrorists or anything come through. They're just, you know, workers, basically. So that's a part of it. I have uh, picked up a few retained federal cases as well based on developing that part of my practice because I've done, you know, dozens and dozens of these these, um, conflict defenders. There's a federal public defender, and if there's multiple defendants in a case, that public defender can only represent one of them. So then there's other individuals who need representation who can't afford an attorney, so that's when the court will call every couple months and say, Hey, can you take this case? Yeah. You know, and, and I will. Um, and then I'll just civil litigations. Um, I'll, I'll take on a case or two, uh, once or twice a month, which is someone suing each someone for usually a boundary line dispute, easement dispute. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of a hot area or some kind of construction dispute or, you know, who knows whatever else that could be. Um, a few personal injury cases I've taken, which are, um, you know those are good cases because those are on contingency, but those are very hard because that person's been severely injured and there's there's a lot riding on it. You know as far as that aspect. Uh, and then estates, um, I've done a lot of wills lately, so that's that's a great way to kind of bring clients into the door. In the door, um, we don't charge a lot to do a will. It's a pretty straightforward process, mm-hmm. but you get a rapport with that client, and then you know. That's you're your, their lawyer, and then they'll come with you know come back to you for future for future
0: stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you find that you're one of the more well rounded attorneys locally? I mean, it, and again, not to put <laughs> it right, I I to down, but, it, yes. but I think for um, you yourself because you have a lot background. Yeah. Big, no, I small. do. I have
1: a unique practice. There's a few attorneys that have been retiring over the past couple of years, so there's not many that do straight up litigation, mm-hmm. and I'm one of them. Which it's a you know uh, you know I advertise as a trial attorney or as a litigation attorney, and that's it's it's just that's, you know, when someone thinks of a lawyer or when they show lawyers on TV, they're in court arguing yeah. and in reality, 90, 10, you know, 99% of the time you're on the phone, you're on front of your computer. But as far as lawyering goes, that's, that's kind of the, yeah. you know, the essence of the job, the so, sexy part of the job. Uh, you yeah, want to yes, see? yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I do, I do a lot of stuff and there's not many locally that, that will take on those kinds of cases. My constraint is time. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a one man show, you know, other than my, you know, amazing staff. I don't have any other associates. I have other attorneys that i refer cases to and a lot of attorneys refer cases to me, but it's, it's, um, I don't have other associates below me. So, um, I don't, well, you know, I'm just telling everything I do do. I don't do family law or bankruptcy. And a lot of attorneys in town will really focus on family law, you know, divorces or mm-hmm. custody issues or, you know, children in need of supervision. I've just never had an interest in it done a few cases when I was an associate and I had to, but I, I, I definitely don't take those on now. I don't, um, like the toxicity of it, of that part of it, you know, of divorce and custody. I just, it it just turned me off when I, when I touched on it when I was younger.
0: Like if, as you... As you go forward, like in your career, I mean, you're still, still very young and I, I'm assuming you have many years left of doing, of law if you want to, but I'm saying if, is there a certain point, like what would you end up focusing on maybe as you start slowing down a bit and not taking on as much? You're like, Hey, I want to be a little more picky and choosy as to what I want to focus on. Have you ever thought about that? Or is that, um, I just,
1: I, you know, I don't, you know, it'd be nice think if I had involves? the luxury of like actively thinking about my career. I'm more reactive with everything of mm-hmm. getting through the day with it. but, um, yeah, the the real estate's awesome. I mean, in theory, I would like to get more into writing title. That's a mm-hmm. big opportunity. That I'm just doing the nitty gritty closings, and there's other attorneys in town that also will write write title insurance, mm-hmm. and that's you know there's some opportunity there, but you'd have to have a, a bigger staff. Um, so not so much folk. I, I'd like to continually to get more efficient with my time, so I'm more productive. You know, making you know as much. Uh, You know, as lucrative as I can be, but not killing myself with working, you know, 12 hours a day because those are, those are brutal.
0: What, uh, do you have any time hacks or is that something you struggle at? What do you mean time hacks? Like, uh, ways to kind of like utilize the most of your day and try to get the most time back. Cause I think we're the same (laughs) as like, we always just fight time. Like, it's just like, you know, there's always a to-do list that never Um, gets done.
1: Yeah. So it's funny, like when, when you work for someone, I feel like you get through the day and you waste a lot of time. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not admitting anything, but when you know, I know what you, you mean. Know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you 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 dick around a little bit more, right? Now, say on a Friday, I I don't have any appointments for the rest of the day, and I know you know I use you know my calendar system, and I have ten tasks I got to do. I sit there and I'm hyper focused to bust them out because it's I don't have to answer to anyone. I have to answer I have to answer to my clients. I don't have to answer to to anyone uh, time wise above me. I get mm-hmm. to to make my own time. So. Yeah, it's the time hack is not so much. I don't trick to it. It's just my own motivation of get this done so I can go do something cool outside and kind of get out of this office and stop sitting down all day. Um, so it's just I, Yeah, I'm super. I'm I, I not. I'm not bragging or whatever, but I'm, I'm I'm very focused when I'm sitting there, and I hate it sometimes when I'm you know I'll skip lunch. I'll sit down and I'll, holy crap, it's two o'clock. It's like, where did today just go? And it's yeah. a good thing because the day goes by, but it's also freaky because the day just went by and I don't know what happened. Yeah. But I've captured, you know, I capture my time. So uh, as, you know, as an attorney, you, for my um, billable hours, you, if you don't capture, you know, when I say capture, you know, write down my time and put Lock it, it, it my, yeah. into my system. If I don't do that, then it's just wasted, wasted money. And actually, it reminds me when Bill Favreau, when I worked for him at, at O'Connell Noronowitz, I went to his office once, you know, we talked about like six different cases and he was, I forget the name of the attorney, but he referenced some other attorney that he had worked for. He goes, you know what? You can be so busy that you don't make money. And I said, did it didn't really makes sense to me until I see it now when I'm, you know, you're sitting there, you get three emails come in, the phone rings, you're working on a motion and you're doing six things at once. And you say, holy crap, I just worked for four hours, busted stuff out, and I look at my billing sheet, and I missed you know, I missed everything. So gotcha. then you got to kind of make sure that you don't. So you do block
0: that. off like this client. I'm gonna work start to finish on a task. Uh, it's more but- triage.
1: I mean, yeah, you know, I don't really have the luxury of any of that. <laughs> it's more of <laughs> of what's due today. What do I have to get done today? You know, some. Uh, it's, I, I take that back. I do. If I have a project, I'll try to chip away at it, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a nerdy thing that I think my dad you know your parents like tell you stories about yourself it's never fully accurate but it's, it's somewhat there <laughs> so he he told a story i think it was at my wedding how when you know i was uh, i was like a little not a little nerd but i was like into like my little interests. you know like native americans or otters or whatever i was into yeah. when i was a kid yep and um he was uh he told some story that i said to him i said you know dad if you if you have a big assignment if you do a little bit every day then the assignment gets done and you've never actually worked on it as opposed to like being a procrastinator and all of a sudden you got to get this thing done and work for 12 hours. It's a whole big hill. You got to climb. Whereas if you do a little bit all over time, it's never actually a big thing. Yeah. So sometimes I'm fortunate enough to remember that. And you know, if I have a motion to emotion, you know, written application to the court, you work on it a little bit here and there and all of a sudden it's, it's doing six weeks and week four, all of a sudden you have a nice, product that you can polish up a little bit and, and it's a good product and you've never actually sat down and churned through it that's that's rare that i have that luxury though because yeah. it's usually you know phone ringing in all that, you know just the the
0: noise that comes into it. it well it's trying to take uh one of the hardest things i find is like that's one of the reasons like i like the podcast because i don't have my phone on me i can just like sit and i don't yep. really care what's going on because no, it's, never... it's, well, it's just it's just kind of gives you like a quiet time during the day but it's yep. taking after this, my to-do list that I know I have stuff I got to get through, but then it's taking what I should be prioritizing and moving it up in the day yep. and not getting caught in that like, yep. you know, that my that hate, thing wheel. that I
1: hate the most is, you know, with, with my calendar system, I'll have something that I, that needs to be done, but it doesn't need to be done at a certain date. And it's my staff laughs at me, like it, oh, floating. it gets carried over, carried over, carried over like my, you know, I don't I'm not gonna say what I'm not doing, but <laughs> my, whatever yeah. project that I haven't done. And it's like. You just, I, 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 I'm guilty of it too. And I try to keep on top of stuff. There'll be things and but, you keep pushing down. I hate seeing that because you know, you spend, you stress about it for six months and you spend 15 minutes and get it done. It's like shit. I done
0: that yeah. Well, up. it's just, it's just like discipline just to make sure that it's done before all like the chaos of the day. Exactly. And I, yeah. I try You to, don't know what's
1: going to come up. So I, then if you don't,
0: I, I try to do like, I used to be, are you a morning person? Yeah, definitely. Like what time do you get up in the morning? Um, I
1: joke with my wife, um, with our kids, I haven't slept past six o'clock in seven, eight years. I don't know. So it's just kind of so, like you get yeah. up, do the family stuff and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So I, am always been a morning person though. I hate, I hate staying up late. I hate, you know, I'll, I'll drink a beer or whatever after work, but I've never, you know, I always never understood people in college who will be drunk and then they'll take a shot or something. It, I just can't, can't. I hate that idea of of staying up too late because it messes me up so much the next day. Yeah. I'm, always, I'm always thinking about the next day. I Also, it's a good philosophy for life, but it's you know you should always in the present or whatever. But it's I, I'm definitely more impressive. I don't I don't like um, being uh, you know. Well, no, I'm not a night owl, you know. Like I like, like to, right, right I'm more now, productive in the morning
0: too. When the, uh, when the when the the sun's out later, yeah. Like last couple of weeks, I'm usually if I can get in bed before the sun goes down, I'm happy. Like when you can <laughs> that's still all see the it. extreme. Yeah, like well, I mean, usually I'm like I would say I'm in. I'm trying to go like too bad around nine o'clock. Like, yeah, no, and, and I may not right. fall asleep at nine, but yep. I'm definitely to sleep before ten. Yeah, and. Uh, well, you got young kids too. So. Well, that's the thing. And I, exhausted. And, and, well, like what my my issue is, like I, I, a lot of times I like to get work done in the morning, and sometimes you're just so exhausted, like yeah. that you're like sleeping that you get up that you just kind of like I don't get right into it like I would hope I could because yep. usually it's just like the draining of the kids, which is yep. like I said, kids are absolutely great, but they take a lot out of you, and it's. Yep. Sometimes I I find that I'm just trying to survive the day and trying to survive the night and trying to survive the morning and it's
1: yeah no I'm more productive and I I hate you know appreciate doing you know nine o'clock to ten o'clock I love this yeah I like doing stuff in the morning especially if I have something that I'm thinking about like if I have an argument in court or something to do I hate having it at the end of the day because then all day I'm thinking about it Mm -hmm. as opposed to being you know moving past it and kind of putting in a box and then going going beyond it
0: are are you are you someone if you have if you have a big problem, like you said, you, you'd rather tackle like the, 100%, deal the biggest on. issue first. Right, get out like, of the way. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Now, how do you? What do you do? You just like? What's your thought with that? Because sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't, and it's kind of like sometimes I'm just like, and I just push it and I procrastinate, and then I, that gets punched the next day. Where are it's, you? One where you just like, what is it? Let me just deal with it. Now if it's something away. that's urgent, you got to
1: deal with it first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything else, it's you're distract. At least my myself, I'm distracted on whatever else I'm trying to do, and I'm I can't focus on that. So. Sit down, focus, bust it out, and then
0: and then move on. And that that works well for you. So I mean, that's so me so that I mean that you're so good so at that.
1: I mean, it's like you know. It, I, that's why this conversation's funny because it's you know you rarely, at least I rarely sit and like take a step back and like think about why you do the things that you do. Actually, we we just did a road tr- uh, family visit and uh, it was a audio book, rethinking or unthinking or something. Okay, I forgot the title. Adam Grant, and his whole premise was. Everything you know, like, it's just because that's the way you know it. And you need to, the most, the best thinkers and the most productive people have like a scientific analysis and don't just go on what they know, but they apply evidence and uh, question things and continually improve or continually um, challenge kind of what they already know. And so if you can do that, you're going to be a, you know, happier, more productive person to get away from what you assume is, is the right, is, is the thing that you should be doing. So it was it was just a neat concept that I don't you know as far as driving I was like oh that's a cool idea and I should I should do that more.
0: Do so. you do you listen to audiobooks in the car with the family?
1: Uh so we we got a new car and I hate to say we have the uh I not admit this the uh <laughs> the DVD or whatever on the I, I I'm anti-screen with the kids you know oh, so gotcha. they try to limit it so but it's, you know, yeah, know, on a long driven trip. the kids through really, like, Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Indian disaster. Like we said, you gotta you yeah. have some quiet time too. Yeah, That's just yeah. I was wondering. I'm like, so, i like, we always end up
0: listening to like Moana. Or oh something. yeah, no,
1: you yeah, should hear uh, Elodie sing it. She's, my uh, three-year-old, she's got a whole Moana performance that she's been doing. Oh, does she? she that's <laughs> yeah, cute. I, I was
0: gonna say we're yeah. on a, we're on the Boss. Have you watched Boss Baby? Yeah, it's good. I like those movies. The uh, the bo- Boss. Did you watch the new Boss Baby? No. When it just came know. out. No. So we've been on a kick for that for about two weeks, and it's it's, it's actually pretty good. And when, when they sprinkle in the adult humor, yeah, no. I like then it. it's yeah. like I I can sit down and watch yeah. it, but you get some of those like mindless like. Yeah.
1: So the- anyway, so we'll throw this, a road trip. We'll throw a movie on, and then yeah, we'll listen. You know, if, if my wife's awake, we'll listen to she's on audible or whatever she, you know one of those apps that, so that do,
0: do you find that you do you overthink a lot or are you someone that like free thoughts or are you just like you really analyze things a lot what do you mean when i'm driving or when I'm i mean just in general because you talked talk about like thinking and overthinking or, rethinking or yeah. unthinking not not
1: getting i guess the point of that the premise of that was don't get just 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 constantly reevaluate how you think about things and then you'll like like with the example that i don't want to get into that too much but um was, using the scientific model like in day-to-day life and science, you know, science is hypothesis supported by evidence, not, you know, religion. you know, uh, they call the preacher where you're just espousing what you should know, or the prosecutor is trying More to bring like other people based. down. Yeah. To base it on evidence and don't, don't assume anything. That was the whole point of it. I don't know. Why, oh, it was just, and the point of that was saying, you're asking me these questions, kind of life philosophy. I don't ever sit and think about it. So it's, this is a neat time to kind of take a step back and be like, oh yeah, here's, here's why I do what I do or don't do what I do or whatever. So, can um, you- but so I do overthink things. I try not to. I try, you know, my wife, she always says, you know, she she's impressed or whatever, how I can deal something and put it in a box and then move on.
0: So you're good about like compartmentalizing things?
1: Yeah, you have to be because otherwise you wouldn't sleep at night and you'd go crazy. So. If, I think I am. I mean, some, I'm not, it's not perfect, but yeah.
0: Well, I think sometimes with attorneys, like I look at, depending on where you're at, like sometimes you're dealing with people's like really stressful situations on their mind. And you have to be able to, like you said, kind of take it out of your mind, dump it or put it on the shelf until Monday or, yep. um, and do you, are you don't work much like, uh, weekends or evenings, right?
1: Uh, uh, it depends on the project. Um, you know, during COVID it was kind of a different lifestyle. We were home for a month. And in that situation, it was, you know, I have a home office and you. Work a little bit in the morning, have lunch with the kids, do something cool outside, make dinner, come back and do a couple more hours and still bill your, you know, eight to 10 hours that you needed to bill. But so, you're, it's more like you now, working
0: silent or solo? Yeah,
1: yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so if I have something going on, I'll, you know, I'll sit down in front of my computer after dinner, try not to do that because by that point I'm usually pretty beat. Excuse mm-hmm. um, me.
0: Yeah, so now when it comes down to like, are you ever in the court you talked about that like that small percentage or yep. are you ever like going yeah, in and-
1: yeah uh with covid obviously it got it got shut down for a minute but yeah no um just had oral arguments the other day and it was virtual so i say court it's in front of i consider that in front of the judge um i've done probably say 10 or so trials you know formal jury trials um those are awesome because you're I'm pretty quiet. I this is you know, in your career. This is my career. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've done way more hearings, but formal trials where you call it, you know, the, what you see on TV kind yeah. of thing, like a jury trial. Um, and those are awesome. I hate the lead up to them because, again, the the what we talked about previously that you you know you get stressed if you don't feel prepared, and for a trial you can never be prepared enough. And obviously you have every you know it's like it's like going on a vacation, a work vacation where you're putting all your other crap aside, everything else you're trying to do and just focus on one thing while all that stuff's building up and you're trying to prepare yourself cause it's a trial and you got to know it front to back, you know, whatever the facts of the case are or the, or the criminal case or the civil case. And so the preparation's brutal. You can't do it enough. It's constant stress. If you have a count of trial for six months in the future, you're thinking about it as soon as you get that date scheduled, it's in the back of your head consistently prep, 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 can't do enough. So that sucks and it's, you you don't have enough time. But then when you're actually in the moment in front of the jury talking to them and, you know, personally, I'm a pretty quiet person. I don't like to be in front, but for whatever reason, you're like, they have to talk to you. The witnesses have to answer to you. You have some investigator, some, some law enforcement guy who's not used to being questioned. And it's, it's a really powerful, um, kind of moment and cool. Like it's, it's exciting and it's, it's, I'll say fun, that's a wrong word for it, but it's, it's like, What's
0: well, like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I yeah. think maybe um, because like, like I said, like, you're behind
1: a computer. Now you get to kind of go, you're like, like doing it. You're doing your thing and you can like read it and so it brings in, you know, psychology and you can read people's cues. Some people like smile and look at you. Other people won't even look at you and you, it's, it's just a really interesting um, experience. Again, it, it, the end of it when, you know, all rise for the jury's verdict, your, your heart's in your throat, but it's, it's still, do really, you know
0: if you have it? like sometimes uh, or is it usually I've like had flip it. It? Uh, yeah Were you like we you know we got this
1: um, <laughs> or have you ever no, been no. surprised never,
0: no you never know Cause you always you always wonder cause like both sides like of course I try to
1: say when the jury looks and if they look at me I feel good and if they don't look at me but it can't read it's all reading tea leaves like I know I know when I have I treat it like a boxing match in my head yeah so w- when you have a trial you'll have you know you have to present evidence and if you're the criminal cases are different than civil cases, but use criminal case as an example. You'll have the prosecutor goes first. They have a lot of advantages built into it. They get to speak first to the jury, um, so you're always playing defense. But they'll they'll take a witness, and you'll then you know they'll do they'll, they'll they will do their direct examination with that witness, and then I can cross examine that witness, and then they'll do their next witness. They'll direct, I can cross. So each each of those I consider a round in my head. And so, you know, round one's the opening statement and usually the prosecution sits there and reads, no offense to anyone, and I go against, but they usually read a script and they've, they've got it from someone in their office and they, they fill in the holes with the facts. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dry. And then I go up and I, you know, I, I, back to like writing, I still to like, like to write stories as a kid or whatever. And I, I enjoy that part. So I like to think about my case and I'll have a shower moment like a week before, like, ah, there's my, my big theory. And I get to do it. And like you, you, <laughs> you tell your story and you can, it's like pretty intriguing. I feel like, like you can tell the people are looking at you nodding their heads. And so like, I'll score it round one opening statements, <laughs> like know. 10, nine snow. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got it. Or 11, 11, eight, or whatever, yeah, yeah, 11. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I'll get uh, kick their ass that round. And then the, the, um, same thing. The prosecution will do the direct uh, cross examination. You'll chip away. Maybe you will know, get a couple punches in and, and using that analogy. And, you know, get a couple hits in and it's a, it's a draw that round. Okay. Yeah. So you're up, you're up a little bit and then something bad will happen. Another prosecution witness will come in and they'll, yep, that's the defendant. He's the one that did the crime and the point it's like, Oh <laughs> shit. And then you got to kind of backtrack. So, so I can, and I'm, I'm not objective at all. I'm I'm in the moment. So who the hell knows? But in the moment I feel like I'll, you know, whisper to a client, Oh, we got this round or, you know, here we go. And it does build up and you could get through each round and you could still be surprised. Or the jury still could get it wrong and you know give us a, just incorrect verdict because they some inconsistency have had some mess ups where they've not mess ups but where they well, know, couldn't whatever so some procedural issues that they've you know they weren't paying attention but overall yeah you get a good sense of it that you have a good shot or this is a wash you're going to get toast you know you're but toasted but a
0: lot of it is, is there a lot of um I don't want to call it acting, but you said like selling it. You got to like, there's a lot. Of- oh, it's all, so it's
1: a trial technique that, that goes back to what do they teach you in law school? You know, yes, that question, did teach you did ask that, but do they teach you how to be a lawyer? Absolutely not. They teach you how to research, read cases and interpret cases. Um, I, I was fortunate or, you know, not fortunate, but I, I took a class from, uh, it's called trial technique from a really prominent personal injury attorney out in Buffalo and he was great. You know, my God, I, I learned so many lessons. And so there's technique into it too, so you know, for example, just one of the lessons. This is a kind of a common one. If you are cross-examining someone, if I'm if I'm cross-examining someone, cross-examining
0: means both mm, asking questions. No,
1: so cross-examining is trying to challenge, uh, discredit the person. Okay, I'm trying. So I'm 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 not attacking them because that would you know be appropriate. But I'm trying to either show they have bias, they have bad information, they're unreliable. You know, back to my cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's sort of a that's nose yeah. yeah. cultural reference you're trying to discredit that person and show that they're not reliable so so just a quick trial technique would be if you're on direct exam, examination meaning it's your witness you want them to have a good rapport with the jury so i'll stand right next to the jury box and so that witness you know where they're seated they're going to turn and they're going to face and they're talking to me whoa sorry but they're from the jury's perspective they're in the eye line that jury can see their face and they can get some kind of rapport going whereas if I'm cross-examining I move my little stand and I stand on the opposite side of the courtroom where now that witness is standing and facing you can only see the profile the jury can only see the profile of that witness they can't see their face they don't Mm -hmm. see their thing and I don't know that's good or bad but it's you look meaner if, and you're not a real person if you're looking from the side, but if I'm looking in the eye and talking to you, then it's, it's a different kind of thing. So <laughs> there's little techniques like that, that, that are helpful. Do you find
0: with COVID with having to do everything? Do you miss, I mean, is there a lot that's missing in that or an totally advantage yeah, or disadvantage? Yeah. No,
1: hundred percent. When I, if I have a sentencing for that same point, if I have a sentencing, a hundred percent want it to be in person in front of the judge. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a person and they're, my client's going to cry a little bit and have emotion yeah. and, it's a young mother who, you know, whatever is going on. And that's, that's powerful. If it's a, if it's a virtual setting, it's a screen. It's a two dimensional image. The judge sees a person in a job suit. No, you know, I'm sure there's studies that support this. I've, mm-hmm. I haven't seen them, but it feels like you get more of a kind of a better shake if you're, if you're in person. Yeah. So obviously justice needs to go forward. You can't just pause the courts and whatever. So I get it. You know, it's, it's legal, but it's, it's preferable to do it in person.
0: Have they opened it up yet?
1: Uh, it's it, majority, yeah. Um, there's a couple judges who still prefer to do everything virtually, but that's uh, so far. It's it's been changing.
0: What's well, like real estate closings? You don't do <laughs> closings right now. Yeah, which, no, that was nice. I mean, which, we, which, I, which I think, like I was, I was saying, like I like going to closings purely for the fact that I use it as more of like a networking opportunity. Cause you get to see people that I don't yep. get to see that often. Yeah. Uh, most of the time as an agent, there's not a whole lot we do at the closing yeah, unless you yeah, ask you me a question. There. And I'm like, even if you ask me <laughs> a question, pick up your check and go but, on. <laughs> but even if you ask me a question now, I'm just, I don't like, mail me the check. I do not care. <laughs> but like, my thing is if, if there's an issue that comes up majority of the time, like you might ask me, that might be like option one, but option B is just like open up something and look like it's, yep. it's really like, there's not a whole lot of difference that we yep. make. So, but I look at it as like, it saves me a ton of time. And for you guys, it's got to save time too, because you can do it It's good. So the same thing.
1: It's, I personally like it because I like it and I don't like it. I like if, if my file's good and clean and we're going to have a good, clean closing, actually it's it's the same thing about preparation. If you're prepared and you feel good, it's fun. You get to be charming. You get to say little jokes. have a couple pet jokes. I'm sure you've you've seen enough closings. Every attorney has their thing. I like, I've, you know, I don't, I'm not one to say sign here, sign here, sign here. I like them to understand what they're, what they're signing. Sometimes they shut me off. Sometimes they want to hear every single word, but it's a good time to kind of be a person in front of them. It's a good mark, not marketing, but it's a good kind a of report builder. report builder. Yep. Yeah. On the other hand, it takes time. So closing will take an hour or two and that's, you're just sitting there and if you can do it on paper and mail it away, then you get that same benefit to you financially but you don't get that relationship and you and you know it's kind of nice if if it's a you know old couple selling a house to a young couple and they shake their hands and there's the garage door opener and there you go and it's like a sweet little moment too so i like i like that part of it so it's good in bed i mean it's way more
0: efficient not to do them in person yeah but you lose you don't get you know they don't know who i am and that's yeah that's a that's that's the only reason that i had an issue with it good and bad like you said but um well, Dean, for purpose of time, yep. we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate... We didn't get into any of the
1: outdoor stuff. but <laughs> Did you Sorry. want to talk about outdoor stuff? No, no. It's like,
0: fine. I, just we go, hey, you never know. We can have you back on. We can talk all about <laughs> mountain biking and outdoor stuff. But yep. um, Dean, if anybody needs to reach you, anybody needs to find out where you are, what, what services you offer, what's the best way to do so?
1: Uh, website's probably best. So it's SchnellerLaw.com, just my last name, and it's got all my information. Beautiful. And
0: you're on uh, Boynton Avenue?
1: Boynton Avenue. Yep, next to, across from the Penfield Park, um, just off the highway, right, uh, yeah, ninety-eight Boyton Avenue.
0: And if they want, if they want to see you, um, just watch the live, uh, the live oh, yeah. streams yeah, please, of the city. De- yeah. De- De- Dean's always it's sitting intriguing. there, uh, bright-eyed at whatever five o'clock at night. People said, "Are you sleeping?" And I'm like, "No." I mean, no, you're right. it's just a pixel. <laughs> no, he's up. He's definitely up. But yeah, uh, yeah th- those are those are pretty dry. So if you want to watch them right before bed to put you to sleep, but um, Dean, I appreciate you coming on awesome. um, again. Dean Chenery's on Boynton Avenue. Great guy. Offers quite a bit. Um, hopefully, you know if you do need them, reach out. Good dude. Uh, that's episode 142 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling: G A E L A N T R O M B L E Y.